This is B2B Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number nine of B2B Enablement. And today I am joined by Sam Shepler, who is the CEO of Testimonial Hero. And today we're going to dive into a, a pretty interesting topic. We're going to talk about how to use customer testimonials to close more deals and build brand. And I think Sam has got a really interesting insight on this. His company does a great job of, of storytelling through customers. Um, so I'm going to let Sam give a really quick intro of himself, and then we're going to hop right into the topic. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. My name is Sam Shepler. I am the founder of Testimonial Hero. Uh, Testimonial Hero is a video testimonial creation service for B2B marketing leaders. We produce uh, video testimonials all over the world, both in person and also uh, increasingly uh, remotely. Uh, And really, you know, our mission is to help B2B marketing leaders drive greater results by better communicating their value through the voice of a customer. Well, Sam, I'm really personally excited about this conversation because, you know, I think one thing that we try to talk about so much on this show is the connectivity between sales and marketing. And I think that getting into this topic today, we're going to hit a lot of relevant points on sort of both sides of the fence and how we can really talk about tools to to bring the two functions together in the storytelling aspect of that. I think that's so important. So just to hop sort of right into the the concept, can you give us a little bit of insight on why do video testimonials really matter for B2B revenue teams and how does that function really bring together sales and marketing? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it's a couple things that the, the core of it, it however, is that, you know, uh, prospects want to hear from other prospects in, in the buying process. Right. Um, you know, generally speaking, you know, people are, are skeptical of claims that we make, um, but they're much more interested in, you know, hearing from their peers. There was actually a study from Gartner recently that said, just 9% of B2B buyers rate vendor content. So, you know, content that us as, uh, you know, sales and marketing professionals are putting out, um, you know, just 9% of B2B buyers rate vendor content as trustworthy. So that's, that's obviously a problem if we're, you know, (laughs) if we need to build trust, uh, you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So, uh, it's the, the long and the short of it is that, um, you know, you know, harnessing customer voice and just uh, conveying your value and differentiation through the voice of the customer um, is it's just very effective um, and, and prospects respond very well to it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And in a world where everything revolves around social validation, it's just a much better way to tell your value story rather than through your own mouth, <laughs> but rather the, the, the mouths of, of the customers that you've helped to be successful. Can you talk a little more about how those testimonials, how they're valuable for the marketing side of the organization and then also the sales side? 
And if you have any examples of, of successful uh, results from, from your own clients, could you give us just a couple of ideas around where you've seen video testimonials work really well? Absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot from our customers is that on the marketing side and also on the sales side is just simply that, you know, these video testimonials reduce friction. So, you know, they, they reduce friction at, you know, basically wherever you use them. Um, but, you know, whether that's uh, a landing page and you need to drive more conversions uh, or, you know, on the sales side, if you're using that, them in, you know, one-to-one cold email um, or on the marketing side, again, if, if you're adding them into your email nurture um, or, you know, even having a 15-second version of them uh, for uh, paid ads. So typically, you know, uh, what our customers do and what, well, specifically, you know, what we, we never just make one version of a video testimonial for our uh, customers. We always are making multiple versions throughout the buyer journey. So we, at minimum, you know, you know, I would suggest, um, and, you know, is a, a 90 second version, uh, is like a standard version, a 30 second version for social. When people just generally have a shorter attention span, they're just quickly scrolling through a feed and then a 15 second version for, um, you know, digital paid ads. So, so really it's all about, you know, building trust, um, with new prospects faster, um, and, you know, increasing credibility and, um, you know, reducing friction and thereby just kind of accelerating that buyer journey. You know, it's really interesting that you bring up friction. And, you know, one thing I I harp on a lot from a a marketing perspective is knowing your customer journey and knowing where your gaps are and how you're filling in storytelling, brand building, et cetera, to fill in those gaps. So I think it's really interesting that you you talk about that. Can you give us maybe even a little more insight on like what are those friction points that you see a lot of times and where do you see those testimonials really coming into play? And is it, is it early in the sales cycle? Is it in the middle? Is it at the end? Is it, is it all three? <laughs> That's yeah. I love this question um, because it's sort of uh, also talks about like a, there's, there's this preconception, in, you know, a couple, you know, years ago, especially that, you know, um, customer content. So any sort of, you know, customer voice content was strictly for the you know, end of the marketing funnel, end of the sales funnel, right? So like, you know, if you look at, uh, if you just Google like how to use case studies, right? You'll see something that says like case studies are for the end of uh, the funnel. Now, um, (laughs) maybe that's true because with a boring written PDF case study, the only way you're going to get someone to read that is if they've already, you know, engaged a lot with your brand. But the the fact of the matter is, injecting customer voice into your buyer journey is for all stages, right? There's, yes. there's never, a, there's never a time when, um, a customer, you know, I, as a, you know, we're all buyers too, right? There's never a time where we don't want to hear from other customers. It just that the format needs to change. Right. So, um, you know, in, in generally speaking, you know, it, the earlier in the buyer journey, it of course needs to be, uh, shorter and a little bit, you know, more concise, you know, easier to consume. So, um, you know, to get back to your, you know, original question of like, you know, uh, you know, 
a, a really, you know, um, you know, classic use case is, all right, we're going to use these, um, you know, video testimonials or video case studies to really push people, you know, over the, um, you know, th- over the line in the, that those final stages of a sales process. So that's, that's like a, a very classic use. Uh, and it still, you know, obviously works great. Um, you know, but more and more, you know, it's really any time that you need someone to take an action is, 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 you know, how I see it. So, um, we use them, you know, and our clients use them in cold email, you know, we, you know, to get someone to respond to a cold email, that's about as early in the buyer journey as, as you can get, right. You're reaching out to someone who, you know, maybe hasn't even heard of you. Um, you know, and, and, you know, so we use them there. We use a, you know, a shorter, more high level, you know, version there. Um, or, you know, conversions on landing pages. Um, you know, if you're having, you know, test out, you know, what are your, what are your conversions before add, you know, three short video testimonials to your landing page. And, you know, I think you're going to, you know, like, uh, the results. The whole concept of using them in email is, is a new one for me. And I think that that's really interesting. Um, I like how you talked about earlier, sort of taking the 15 second for ads, you know, the 30 second for other touch points, the 90 second if it's a sales touch point. But I agree with you, Sam. I think that telling the customer story during every stage can can be powerful. And I certainly do think it grabs attention. In my business, you know, first of all, I mean, with sales enablement, you know, we're all about how do you take content and empower that for salespeople to use it. So I think when you're looking at things like video testimonials, that's a fantastic way to equip a salesperson, an SDR, et cetera, to have social validation proof to lead that uh, discussion with their customer. But also I see it work a lot in the, the front of the funnel too, right? And you know, now granted, we haven't focused as heavily on customer testimonials ourselves, but video in general and, and relaying results that you've created with other clients is a fantastic way, even in like LinkedIn, right? So if you're scrolling through the feed and you see that and it snaps you out and it can engage you. Um, so I think all of those are, are really fantastic ways to, to weave it in. I guess that kind of goes to the next big question, which is if social validation and video testimonials are so important, why aren't more people using them? And what's the challenge that's really keeping that from becoming more popular? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. And, um, you know, it, it's a couple things, right? So, you know, for one, um, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, no one's, no one's putting their hand up to be, uh, to f- be featured in a video testimonial, right. On, on our customer side. Uh, so, so, you know, Mark, a lot of times, you know, as marketers, we don't actually know, who, um, you know, the best candidates would be. And, and, you know, um, it's not, you know, sales isn't, you know, typically, you know, rewarded for surfacing those and, you know, um, customer success isn't typically rewarded either. However, that's, that's actually changing and, you know, um, we'll, we'll get to that, but, but basically, yeah, challenge one is like, no one's putting their hand up. So, you know, how do we identify them? Couple quick tips on this. First of all, um, you know, if you're on the marketing side, um, you know, you know, who wouldn't, first of all, who would make a great testimonial? You know, obviously a bigger name, you know, that's going to carry clout, but you also uh, want someone who's, you know, really seen uh, a lot of success with your product. So talking to sales can, you know, help you understand, you know, um, some of the bigger names and talking to customer success, 
um, or account management, however, you know, it's termed at your organization, uh, can help you, you know, figure out, you know, who are the customers who would actually, um, you know, be able to, you know, it'd be a good candidate for this. Um, uh, another quick tip is, um, you know, it's, it's also important that, you know, you, you have sort of like, you sort of create a mind shift in your organization with customer success that like, this is an opportunity for customer success to actually build a deeper relationship with the customer, right? Because, you know, customer success is, um, you know, motivated and incentivized by driving renewals the last thing you want to do when you're asking your customer success team to round up a happy customer is, is, uh, you know, make them think that, oh, this is just going to, you know, be a a hassle. Right. Um, so, uh, you, you know, you really want to help customer success team understand when you make that ask that, you know, um, one, you know, this is something that, you know, we're holding up this customer as an example of best practices in their industry. It's going to be an awesome experience. It's going to be a huge career PR move for the individual that we're, you know, um, you know, uh, featuring on video. Uh, it's going to make them look great in their industry. And, you know, in the process of doing this, uh, you as the account manager, we're going to build a greater relationship with the customer. Um, so, yeah. So step one is actually, you know, on the, as, as, as marketers, since that's typically, you know, who, you know, kind of owns it, uh, it's like talking to sales and talking to customer success. Well, and I like your your point that you made around no one's raising their hand because you're right. I mean, you know, anytime you ask a client to do something, it's it's always immediately sort of puts people on defense, right? Well, what do you want from me? What's in, in this for you? But I, I agree. I think that the the nice balance is that for individuals and, and especially people in, you know, executive leadership roles, I mean, everyone wants to showcase their achievements, Right. So giving people the opportunity to use your company as a platform to talk about what they've accomplished, I think that's a a great way to lean into that. So assuming that our listeners want to start taking some next steps, how would they go about solving some of the challenges? And I think you already touched on a couple of ways to to address apprehension, but how else should they go about making a video testimonial? you know, how does your company handle that? What are some things they should keep in mind? And what does that journey look like once they've made the decision to go this route? Yeah, that's a, absolutely. And, you know, so we are definitely seeing more and more companies, uh, especially, you know, larger companies, you know, hire um, full-time, you know, videographers, uh, something that, you know, wasn't, you know, quite as common, you know, five years ago, but is becoming, you know, more common. So, you know, maybe, you know, you have the the resources already with a with an in-house videographer and you can simply, you know, prioritize, um, you know, that w- with your in-house resources. Um, if you don't have those in-house resources, um, you could also take a little bit more of a, a DIY approach um, and uh, effectively, you know, um, do something as simple as, you know, recording uh, a Zoom call and, you know, doing some simple editing of it on yourself, uh, by yourself. Um, obviously, that's not going to get you a, you know, uh, obviously editing just a Zoom call isn't going to get you a show-stopping result, uh, but it's absolutely, you know, a, a viable, you know, 
um, tactic if you want to just do something rough and ready. Um, the other, you know, option, of course, is to actually work with, um, you know, a, a partner on it. Um, in terms of, you know, um, us, that's obviously, you know, what we do. That's our, the only thing we do, we're hundred percent focused on it. And, you know, we really have two different modalities that we work in. And, you know, the first is, is the on-site. Uh, so where we're actually going, uh, well, we're, we were filming at the, uh, a testimonial from a client at a client's office, um, or, uh, if they work from home, um, we often, you know, find a, um, a co-working space to film in. So we still get that nice, you know, business background, um, even in, you know, in, in a, when people are increasingly, you know, working remotely. Right. Um, the, and that's also like the highest, uh, quality, um, in, you know, having a real, uh, production crew there is always going to, you know, get the highest quality. So the other, um, you know, really option is, you know, if we want to do it, uh, remotely, um, or have to do it remotely, you know, how can we still get the best quality? Uh, one, you know, the way that we've solved this problem, which, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend unless you, you know, you are a videography expert cause it is a little complicated is, you know, what we do is we actually uh, interview your customer, um, over a video call. But before that, we coach them on how to set up their own personal device, their iPhone or Android, um, to actually record the video testimonial on their phone. The reason that we do this is because it's um, about four times the quality uh, for both audio and video uh, when you're recording on your phone as compared to um, you know, uh, your webcam, right? Not only are you not dealing with any bandwidth issues, it, the quality of cameras that are coming out, you know, on all of our phones these days are, they're just insane, right? It is, can, it is the, crazy. The cameras are just so good. Uh, so, so basically that, that, that's how we handle it in the remote setting. And that's, you know, the kind of the trick is that, you know, you can have the conversation with your customer, uh, via, you know, just like you normally would via Zoom or uh, Google Meet. And, but what you, but then we actually, uh, you know, capture it and over the phone, um, you know, before the call, we help them set it up correctly, make sure the lighting and the audio is good. Uh, so, that, so that is what I would recommend if you want the highest quality remote result. There's a couple of really interesting things that you touched on there. Number one, the idea of just getting started and, and not, having to commit yourself to say, Hey, I'm going to make a Hollywood production. One of the things I talk about so much is just, you know, one is greater than zero, right? So like if the option is to do nothing or to do something that's even, you know, not, I don't want to say subpar, but it's not going to be the super fancy result. It's still good to do something. And and I agree, especially in the world of post COVID, people are so used to Zoom calls and they're so used to things that are not necessarily overproduced. I mean, even you look at Disney, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter and we watch, you know, the where they do the dancing with the stars kind of thing at, at people's houses. And it's just, you know, it's shot on people's cell phones. Um, and epi- I think it was episode five that we did in this podcast. Uh, I had a guy named Drew Franklin on from, from Altech and we talked about video marketing. And one of the things that we harped on ex- extensively was, the modern iPhone camera is just incredible. And the things that you can do with it, you know, it's it's just mind-blowing, the amount of, of quality production. 
So I agree. I think just getting people to think about how do you take that first step? Do you try that out a couple of times and then move to professional production? Um, it's, it's just all about a journey, you know, not, not one single event. Um, on the topic of, of COVID, have you guys seen any sort of big changes in the way that you're having to handle customer testimonials with people not wanting to go into office spaces or, you know, have contactless type meetings? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to, you know, piggyback on your point about, you know, getting started, you know, in uh, just a rough and ready manner, um, you know, 100% agree. And and one of the obstacles there can be, you know, what questions do I ask my customer, right? Yeah. So uh, we actually have a free resource on our site. Uh, it's called the, the 15 Ultimate uh B2B video testimonial interview questions. It's like a, a templatized thing. You just kind of uh, plug in your company into it. Um, so yeah, that, that, that I would just recommend. Feel free to check that out. Uh, it's on our website. Um, and basically it's on our website, which is testimonialhero.com. You can check it out. And then if you want to uh, use it uh, in your own interviews, uh, feel free. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay, perfect. And in terms of, you know, the changes uh, that uh, we've seen with COVID, uh, for sure, we're definitely doing many, many more remote only testimonials. Um, That being said, we are uh, definitely, you know, still filming, you know, uh, less, but but still a significant number of of on-site in-person productions that, uh, of course, you know, we've switched to a total contactless model. Um, and, you know, s- s- people have to physically distance at all times, which is actually, you know, not that hard because, you know, we're using boom mics. We're not, you know, using lapel mics to mic people up. So we don't have to touch them. The cameras, you know, we're standing six feet away. So, um, the, 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 the hard part isn't actually the filming. It's, it's the fact that, offices are closed, right? Mm, yeah. So then where do you film? Um, you know, the filming can be done safely. It, it's just that the the location, um, you know, often isn't as available. So what we've done is we've, um, you know, you know, off, we've switched to filming more in, you know, uh, rented con- conference room spaces or, you know, co-working spaces um, that we can sort of dress up and have a nice background when, you know, the office might just be completely closed. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, just in, in ways to work around. And, and again, get, getting back to that, you know, sort of down and dirty way to, to accomplish it, you know, still, even if it's Zoom meetings, um, I think that, you know, doing something is better than doing nothing for sure. Um well, as we kind of think about sort of wrapping up in some key points here, you know, are there any other tips that you would give listeners who may be interested in getting started with testimonials? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of the the, the challenge is just getting people to agree uh, initially um, and, you know, it, and also getting comfortable asking for them, asking um, asking for, you know, that testimonial appearance. Um, and it can seem kind of complex if you've never done it before. So therefore it's easy to procrastinate. Um, so maybe I can just share like a couple kind of, uh, tips and observations that can kind of help people, uh, feel more comfortable asking for the testimonial and just make it generally easier to get, get that. Yes. 
So the first thing I would say is, um, you know, one great strategy is to actually build the um, ask for a video testimonial into the initial sales agreement. So there's a couple different ways to do this. One, um, and you know, generally, you know, it, is it could just be there by default. Um, we have a lot of clients now that you know try to sneak it in. Um, that being said, it can certainly be a it can certainly be the first thing that gets redlined, particularly if you're working with a big company. Um, uh, but you know, if if you're already giving them a discount uh, and you you know include a, you know pending satisfaction, you know, company X will give us a video testimonial um, that. That is basically, you know, by far the easiest way is, you know, start the um, sort of the expectation early and you don't have to like make it such that, you know, you're holding them to it. Uh, it can just be pending satisfaction, right? Um, you know, because obviously, you know, in the rare case that, that, that they didn't see success with your product, you're not going to ask them for a testimonial, right? So uh, just kind of building it in. The other uh, thing that and actually, uh, we do a lot is we use the testimonial ask as a sort of a, um, you know, a bargaining card to play during the sales process. So we don't include it by default, but if someone is, if a prospect is, you know, kind of pushing back on price and, you know, we have room to negotiate and, you know, we, we really, you know, want to push the deal over the line. You know, when they ask us for that, you know, uh, extra, you know, percentage points off, we'll say, look, all right, like we can agree to that if you're willing to appear and do a video testimonial pending, you know, satisfaction, of course. Um, then, you know, they're happy that they got they the discount, you know, and, you know, we've already started the conversation. We've already got the, you know, kind of casual agreement uh, to appear in that video testimonial. So, um, you know, so that's, that's one big thing is, is, you know, thinking about building it or at least, you know, the expectation of it, um, into your sales contracts, uh, pending satisfaction. That is an extremely valid point. And I can tell you from personal experience, um, I'm currently navigating those waters, uh, on the back side of that with a client that we did not have an agreement with coming in contractually. Um, and especially if it is a large enterprise global company, that can be a big challenge because then you have to have you know legal documents written up and and it just can, it can be a little bit of a little bit of red tape to cut through. So I think that all those are very good points. So thanks for sharing those, Sam. As we get ready to wind down here, uh, if you're a listener to my podcast, you know that I always try to focus on some big key takeaways. So not only getting you conceptual knowledge and information on this podcast, but things that you can actually go back to work with today and, and start to put to work. So Sam, if you were to boil down and just maybe share three big key concepts and takeaways with our listeners, what would you want people to walk away from this podcast knowing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that the first thing that I would say is, um, you know, take a look at your buyer journey, sort of do sort of a, a gap analysis and, you know, figure out, you know, where are, where's the friction? You know, are, are we, you know, having, you know, a lot of people that are just kind of stalling in this stage uh, or, you know, whatever it is, 
you know, try to figure out, you know, where is friction being created and, you know, knowing what we know, which is that customers want to hear from other customers and they especially uh, prefer uh, in video format. Um, knowing what we know, you know, how can we leverage customer voice to just really convey value and, you know, push through those friction points in the buyer's journey. So just taking a look at it, you know, doing a little bit of analysis and, you know, figuring out where the gaps are and then injecting customer voice uh, into those areas. Another key takeaway I think uh, would be, you know, if you're in, um, you know, if you're in marketing, you know, talk to sales and customer success. If you're in sales, you know, talk to marketing um, and say, hey, like make it a priority because that's actually a lot of our customers come to us because their sales team and their salespeople are saying, hey, like we need, you know, you want us, if, if we're going to be selling more, we need better assets and the best assets are, you know, real customers on video and video testimonials. So if you're on the sales side, you know, ask for, ask for these type of assets from your marketing team. And if you're getting asked for them on the marketing side, ask your customer success team who the best customers to feature are. And uh, I think a more, you know, high level, you know, takeaway uh, for the third one. And again, knowing what we know that um, B2B buyers are increasingly becoming, you know, skeptical of vendor content, you know, with that in mind, you know, doing a little bit of a brand audit or a messaging audit and, and asking yourself, you know, for the claims that we're making, um, you know, for the messages that we're trying to convey, that we're trying to convey, um, you know, are we just, you know, have um, kind of spouting that from our point of view and, you know, really kind of pushing that out to the, the market? Or do we also have the voice of the customer, you know, in that story? Um, just again, because, you know, especially for a brand, um, one thing we hear a lot uh, now is like, you know, from, from our customers is like one of the most surprising things was how much these video testimonials helped our brand. So um, I think, yeah, the third one is just kind of thinking about, you know, messaging and making sure you have, uh, you're injecting that customer voice um, into, you know, to support your most important messages. All of those are extremely solid takeaways. One thing I'll say just in, in wrap up here, you know, conceptually, we, we started out this podcast talking a bit around how sales and marketing can come together through activities like this. And I just want to reiterate how important things like customer testimonials are becoming throughout that cycle. And again, we talked about, you know, from an ad, from, you know, a touch point that someone gets in an email to, you know, a conversation that's being backed up from sales with with good content. It, that's just so important. And from the lens of sales enablement, which, you know, my company click.io focuses on, customer testimonial type of content is just, it's gold in terms of what you can share. And if you're using a sales enablement system to go along with your sales enablement process, you really should be thinking about all the ways that you can tie in customer testimonials, customer case studies, customer validation points, data points of success from other customers, because that is such an important part of the modern sales cycle. And exactly as you said, Sam, it's it's your customers telling the story, not necessarily your your sales and marketing people trying to to beat that drum. Hundred percent, and and um, 
Um, one other thing in terms of in being even being more specific around like, you know, video testimonials is um, that I think the problem, one of the problems with uh, written testimonials or written case studies is that, you know, in B2B, we, we all kind of, you know, know that often uh, the marketing team, you know, kind of writes the the written quote and the, they get the prospect to sign off on it. Right. And like, it's not like they, they wouldn't have signed off on it if they, uh, or they get the customer to sign off it rather, but it's not like the customer would have signed off on it if they didn't agree with it, but it's still not exactly, you know, always their words. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of like back and forth, you know, you know, but when you get, when you get a customer, a real customer on video, and even if, even if you don't watch the video as a prospect, the fact that a customer is willing to step on video, you know, put their reputation on the line, you know, and, you know, put their face in front of, you know, your brand, that just speaks volumes in terms of like the level of trust um, that, you know, a written or purely written assets, you know, don't quite have uh, as compared to video. The, the power of video is just massive. Yeah, you, I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Um, well, this is a really fun topic. I really appreciate you joining the podcast. I know that um, uh, listeners are going to be able to take a lot of good things away from this. I know I did. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening, if you have not done so already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you find the topics interesting. Uh, if you've listened to this or a couple of others and you found the content valuable, also give us a good rating that helps others find us. And in the show notes, I will put links uh, to Sam's LinkedIn profile if you'd like to reach out to him or get in touch. Uh, also put links to uh, to his company, Testimonial Hero, uh, as well as a number of other resources. I know, Sam, you mentioned that checklist that you've got um, that, that uh, interested parties could use to kind of shape their, their journey on, on testimonials. So all that will be in the show notes. You can check it out there. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to have you back with us again next time. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Uh, it was a blast. Thanks for having me on.